Salutations, all you human and lizard people out there, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Thomas J. Sotvet. And I'm your co-host, Vicky Sotvet. And this is Scaredy Cats, the one show you listen to when you want to kill like an hour or so, give or take. Yeah, kind of 50 to an hour. Yeah, we're, we're okay. I think the, the most egregious we've ever been is Gerald's Game. That went on for forever and a day. But that one was hard to explain. It was really hard to explain, and I still think we kind of fucked up the continuity there. I'm pretty sure we skipped all over the place, but... Not as bad as we did for Saw, to No, Saw, I'm sure that we... I'm sure people were watching Saw and being like, this is not at all how it was advertised. So, now that we've recapped our uh, podcast, mm-hmm. what are we watching today, Thomas? So, so this episode, we're going to be covering the Last House on the Left remake that was made in 2009. And for those of you that don't know exactly what that is, it's a rape revenge movie, which is a horror and one of the like horror movie and thriller subgenres of films that exist. Uh, now, obviously, we're going to be dealing with some sensitive subject matter this time around, most chiefly sexual assault. And unlike Gerald's game, it's going to be a little bit more explicit this time around. So rather than tell a fun sort of intro, I wanted to just take this time to say that listener discretion is super advised on this one. Uh, we've covered some pretty brutal stuff on the podcast so far, but I'm sure, and I'm sure we'll eventually end up watching stuff that's probably even worse than this. Uh, but if you are sensitive to media that talks about sexual assault, then you should maybe skip this one. And I'd say that if you're on the fence about it, then you should skip, or at least certainly skip watching the movie. Yeah, we won't be offended if you don't listen to this episode. No, so I, I really don't have any kind of like big fun intro beyond that. Uh, this one is a heavy one, so yeah, if you're not really like into hearing about that or wanting to experience it, then this is one of those movies that you can 100% skip without any kind of shame. Yes, and don't worry, next week we go back to the fun, happy podcast. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> fun, happy, yeah. So, uh, Last House on the Left, at least the remake, uh, was made or was directed by Dennis Illidis. Uh, it's Greek. He's a Greek director, primarily known for Last House. He directed a couple of other like small Greek films, but I couldn't find a whole lot besides that. Presumably because they're in Greek. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was written by Adam Alicia, who also wrote Cell, which is a adaptation of the Stephen King short story by the same name. Uh, not the movie and the shorts are not at all alike. They they made a totally different thing. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> Carl's Ellsworth also helped him write it. Uh, he also wrote the Goosebumps movie, the one with, um, with Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah, I liked that movie. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, it was produced by Wes Craven, who of course directed the original Last House on the Left in 1972. Also, of course, famous for the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, Sean S. Cunningham also produced it, along with Marianne. Mad- Madalina? Madalina. Um, it stars Garrett Dallahunt as Krug. Um, Aaron uh, sorry, Paul. Sorry, as His Krug? name is Krug. Yeah, that's his name. That's Krug. his name. His like name is K-R-U-G? Like, like C-R-U-G. Krug. Krug. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool, cool. We'll grow to hate Krug. Uh, Aaron Paul as Krug's brother Francis, and Aaron Paul, of course, is famous for Breaking Bad. Wait, hang on, hang on. Somebody had children and was like, you'll be Francis, and you'll be Krug. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, they had mean parents. The only thing I could think of is if Krug is, like, his gangster nickname, because they're in a gang. So I wonder if that might be it. What gangsters are out here nicknaming people Krug? Well, I don't know. What lions are out here naming one of them Simba and the other one, or, uh, Mufasa and the other one Scar? Okay, you raise a Sometimes parents are dicks. Let's, just, let's be real. 
I read somewhere once it, it, the original Swahili for Scar's name, because he's called Scar because of the scar yeah. in his yeah, yeah, yeah. eye. His, his original Swahili name means trash, literally. So they literally named, like, you are king and you are trash. Man, did you ever think that you'd end up talking about the Lion King in a podcast episode about Last House on the Left? No, but, you know, I'm, I'm open to rolling with, with things. But then, yeah, Aaron Paul's in it as Francis, and he is Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Uh, he also plays Jesse Pinkman in El Camino on Netflix. Um... A really, really popular actor now. Um, at the time, I think he had only just done, like, one season of Breaking Bad when he starred in this. So I don't think it was quite the runaway success that it is that it became. Because I honestly couldn't see him taking this role at, like, season two or three. But uh, he's in the movie. Uh, we have Saren Paxton as Marie, uh, one of the young girls. Uh, Monica Potter as Emma, which is Marie's mom. And Tony Goldwyn as John, which is Mary's dad. Um, Ricky Lindholm plays Sadie, which is Krug's girlfriend. Um, she's also Donna Thrumby in Knives Out, which we just recently saw. She's one of the family members. Donna. Who is Donna? She's like the mother of the Nazi child. Right! Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah, so she's in Knives Out, uh, which is an awesome movie, by the way. We're, yeah, we're never going to cover it because it's not a horror thriller, but real, real good. But it's real fun, and you should go watch it So anyways. good. Uh, it had a budget of $15 million and made it the box office $45.2 million. So, so it lost money? 45.2. It was made for 15. 15. I heard 50, like 5-0. Oh, no, 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 no. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't lose money. Um, it made money. Yeah. Uh, it's always good when your movie makes money. So I have facts about this film, but only two of them, and neither of them are very fun. So. Oh. So they're not. Hear your unfun facts. So my unfun facts are that uh, Sarah Paxton later in a 2009 Black Books interview after the movie came out revealed that the rape scene took 17 hours to film, which must have just been a grueling ordeal for the actress. I can't even imagine. Probably for the crew at that point. For everyone, really. I just feel like that was a bad day on set for everyone. And actually, I recall that the original movie had some misfortune. When it came to that scene as well, I think the actresses were treated quite poorly. I'm not quite sure, so maybe don't quote me on that. But, like, I could have sworn that I recalled reading an interview that the original actresses in the first one also had a really bad time. So, uh, further to that, Sarah Paxton and uh, Martha Maklasak, who is Paige, which is the friend in Last House, uh, have visible bruises on their legs during the motel scene. Because that was actually shot after the forest where the rape is rape happens and the actresses did all of their own stunts and there was the bruises were so bad because they were like flinging themselves around the woods that they couldn't be make like covered up with makeup realism i guess Re- well no but th- that scene takes place before the forest scene oh before well any of that then, bad stuff then happens. not yeah realism. yeah, yeah. it's like know. yeah so uh those are really the only two facts I've got. You're I right, guess. those are both unfun They're facts. They're not very fun facts. I think the only other fact that I learned was that it was supposed to be direct-to-DVD release uh, when it first came out, but the test audiences were so positive that they were like, fuck it, let's put it in the theater. Huh. All right, then. Yeah. Uh, so that's all of the... All I've got to say, really, before we kind of hop into it here... Um, I we're gonna be watching it on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's the uncut version or not. Um, however, if you do want to watch this movie, I get the sense that the uncut doesn't really matter. It just makes the rape scene last longer. Which who wants that? Uh, so yeah, that's I don't know. a really good question. Who yeah, does? Yeah, I know. That? Like uh, so so um, yeah. If if you're out there and you want to watch this movie, then don't watch the uncut one. 
I guess. But I'm not sure which one we're going to be watching. I couldn't find out which version it was. I would hazard a guess that it's the normal cut. It version. might be uncut, though. I... I, I really don't know because it seemed I tried to like figure it out by comparing runtimes, but it was really even that was kind of inconclusive. I'm sure I could have figured it out if I devoted enough time, but I figured it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah. So uh yeah, so we're gonna be back in a second here when we go watch that movie, um, in our part two. So that's gonna be fun. Um <laughs> Well that's one term for it. Yeah, but in the meantime, uh, stay frosty out there and we will be right back. Well, we're back from uh, a sorted beating up of villains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we beat him up, and we tied him up, and we left him for the cops. Well, no. In the movie, they they very much kill all the villains. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We we stabbed them. We garbrated their hand. We hit them in the back of the head with a hammer. We shot them. We beat them to death, and then we microwaved their heads. Yeah, so um, we've just got back from watching The Last House on the Left, <laughs> in which all of those things happen. Yeah! And uh, again, uh, if you are not a big fan of sexual assault, well, you shouldn't be, but if it disturbs you, well, don't listen to the well, rest of this. Well, like, if you're particularly sensitive to it, I don't think anybody's out here like, boy, howdy, here we go. Well. We hope. Again, much like our, our Nazi warning, if you are that kind of person, yeah. please stop listening. Yeah. Yeah. We if don't like you. If you're a rapist, go away and turn yourself in. Yeah. Because that's crime. And get <laughs> therapy yeah. and a new life. Yeah. But anyways, um, so yeah, sensitive information ahead. Um, also, we're going to spoil the movie a lot. That's also sensitive information, yes. We're going to be spoiling the movie. You're going to hear all about it in part two now. Uh, we're going to synopsize it for you. Synopsize? Yeah, like synopsis. <laughs> Summarize? I guess that is already the thing, isn't it? Yes. All right. Uh, we're going to summarize the movie for you, and in the process, we're going to be spoiling it heavily, and it also does contain sexual assault, so viewer discretion is advised. Vicky, you want to take us away here? Yeah, so we open with the, the last house on the left, uh, like, words on the screen, alongside a tree that looks kind of like a screaming face. It's, like, I, very high contrast, it, black and white. Yeah, I thought it was a tire tread on, like, a dirt road. Yeah, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's cool once you figure out it's, like, a tree and it looks kind of like it's screaming, but, like, for the first ten seconds, you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, it, and, uh, okay, so, yeah, we see it's a tree, uh, and then it starts taking us through this kind of weird scene where we're going through the trees and there's lights reflecting off the trees and you're expecting there to be, like, aliens or people with flashlights or whatever. But then that cuts completely to just a car on the road. Yes, an unmarked cop car mm -hmm. with two guys in the front and a guy in the back. And they're telling a joke about some, some hot lesbians. Yeah, and a bunch of men... Honestly, the cops were not great either. Yeah, there they was were not, good. There's not a ton of real redeemable characters in this. The, film. the family. Yeah, yeah, the, the family, family and Justin. The family and the and the and the friend. Oh, and Paige. Nothing wrong with her. Okay, five. So, yeah. So. Okay, most half the characters in this movie are redeemable. Yes, and then uh, the cop is telling his joke, and then our man in the back, who is Krug, I'm. Uh, Krug or Krug? I think. I think. Either they, way, it's a terrible name. Why do you have Krug and Francis? Why is his name Krug? I can't take it seriously. Again, Scar and Mufasa. Who knows? Some parents are mean. Well, anyways, so uh, we cut to Krug in the back seat, and he asks if they can pull over so he can use the washroom, and they're like, go get bent, you jerk. 
or something. And he's like, oh, I wish I had a mayonnaise jar to pee in. And they're like, well, you're being moved to a Mexican security prison. Why a mayonnaise jar? Bottles. Is that not like the quintessential road trip thing is to pee in bottles? Not. I don't have a dick, man. I don't know. Mayonnaise jars? But who has those in their car? I don't know, to but use? to be honest, I would imagine it'd be easier to pee in a mayonnaise jar than It would be easier, in a but it's just weird that he's at I don't know. It's anyway, weird. Yes, for a mayonnaise jar to pee in. A truck comes out of nowhere and hits the cop car. And I was like, really, it's the only car on the road stopped under lights at a railway crossing. How do you not see it? But then it works out that it's it's all arranged. Yeah, and so out from this other car that's crashed into the cap car cop car, uh, steps Sadie and Francis. And Sadie shoots one of the cops who's, like, crawling away or something. Well, he's, like, kind of conscious. And right. she's like, that's he, too conscious for me. And he, like, starts to get out of the car and she's like, BAM! No, you didn't. Or don't. <laughs> no, you didn't, don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Krug gets out. It is a dumb name, you're right. <laughs> Incidentally, I did just Google it and apparently it is a Jewish name meaning maker of pots. Oh, he does not make a pot. Although he does have pot on him, which will be a relevant plot detail. But also later. his brother is Francis. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyways, Krug gets out and he's like, hit us a little harder next time, Francis. And then he starts making out with Sadie, who's real mad that she wa- that he won't tell her she did a good job for shooting the cop. Yeah, she's like, did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? And he's like, eh. He's like, I go, go pee, Sadie. Yeah, he's like, I really shit. did actually have to go pee. <laughs> yes, and then they have this whole thing where like the other cop who was telling the dirty joke is like kind of bleeding out and so right. they like start making fun of him and like shove his like picture of his children under his face for yeah. him to like bleed and, all over yeah and then they start pushing him down and i don't know if they break his neck or if they just choke him out but uh that's the end of cop numero tuno dos, dos? <laughs> <laughs> numero tuno well, i was like dos doesn't rhyme it was a disaster. There's our cat. For the cops and for Tom. Yeah, it was bad. Anyways, then there's a really big total ship from the cop who's dying to a random overly blue artsy shot of Mary in the pool. Yeah, she's 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 a good swimmer. And yeah. it's relevant for all of two minutes in the movie. But to, she's a good swimmer. To, to be fair, it's actually relevant several times throughout I guess, the movie. I guess. I I mean I guess, yeah. I, it's her it's a character thing. She's into swimming. Yes. It's important. Um and so, after some artsy shots of her swimming in the pool, she comes out and she's like, what was my time? What was my time? And her mom was like, it's perfect. Let's it, go on vacation It was good now. time. And she's you... like, what was my time? And the mom's like, I just want to go on the friggin' vacation. <laughs> Don't worry about the time. Let's go. Yes. And yep. then we cut to John, John, who's the dad, Mary's dad, in the hospital. And he's with, like, a patient. And we he's see doing he's, surgery Yeah, we something. see he's, like, clearly he's a doctor, but the type of doctor that orders around other doctors. Wait, well, a surgeon. Surgeons are in charge of the nurses who would have been in the room with him. But anyways, but I was super confused because it doesn't show, like, the guy who's, like, covered in, like, bandages and blood. It doesn't show his face. It was like, oh, did the cop live? What? And I was super confused until, like... And then it was like, why is the camera focusing on this random doctor? Right. And then (laughs) then he walks out and Emma's in the hall and she's like, we're supposed to be going on our vacation. She's really big into going on this vacation. Yeah. Um, and so she and Mary are driving... And can I just say, Emma is a mood when she's really happy and cheerful on the phone. And she's like, oh, and um, it, you know where my cell phone number is if you need me this summer? Yes, I'm happy to write a reference, blah, blah, blah. And then she hangs up and she's like, God, that woman is the absolute worst. And anyone who has worked in retail or co- any customer kind of customer service, service yeah. <laughs> that is 
the mirror. At oh, least yeah. once, at least once a day on my shifts, I'm like, good lord. Glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Oh, yeah, and no, I'm jealous. Uh, so yeah, they arrive at their vacation home. Uh, we see that John, dad, is asleep or asleep in the back listening to his iPod, and it's like, well, you know, where's the house? And there's that sign that's like, road ends at lake. No, but it's 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 supposed to be road ends in the lake. Right. But they've fucked up the planks, so it's lake ends in the road. Right, and, right. And they make a joke that beca- they hope nobody fixes it, because it always knows when it's their turn. Exactly, they always know when it's their house, and so they, they head to the... Ted to the house, um, and it's revealed that Emma's brother was here, like, a couple weekends ago or something, and John's all upset because her brother is apparently irresponsible, and he's like, I bet he broke the place. Right, but really he just left them a nice bottle of champagne. Well, as John points out, it's a $4 bottle of champagne. Yeah, but it's still champagne and, like, two glasses and a nice card that says, like, thanks for letting me use the cabin. I know, John's just clearly like, I don't like Dan. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's up with that. And then we, like, kind of learn that there maybe used to be a son? It's very, it's it's almost, almost not necessary except for the necklace. That's really the yeah. only important and it, thing. And it's unclear if, like, he's gone to college, so this isn't the first summer he's coming back, or if he's just, like, dead. Yeah, well, like, I think it's, I think it's heavily implied he's dead. Yeah, but it's, but it's, it's like, yeah. it's we see, alluded so, to. So, yeah, we see, we see John looking at, like, lovingly at this, like, pottery sailboat sadly and then the mom looks over at the fridge and there's a photo of a boy in addition to photos of mary all over their fridge and then it goes to mary and she's got the necklace that's like always go for gold much love your big brother yeah ben. so and you're like okay dead child yes. or some tragedy child yes and then she goes down to the lake and i know she's trying to be a professional swimmer but Professional swimmers wear swimsuits. Also, they don't just be like, think I'll strip down to my underwear and hop in to see how fast I am. That is something I, like, this scene and then another scene exactly after this that I'm like... The, the super unnecessary shot of her redressing yeah, that's yeah. just, like, from mid-thigh to yeah, her neck. Yeah, there, there's a couple things where She's I'm like... She's a teenager. I know, She's 17. I know. And actually, I, I, I maybe wanted to bring this up before we get into the whole thick and heavy of the movie, but, like... My kind of opinion on rape revenge movies so far is that, like, they can be empowering as long as they don't ogle the victim in any kind of way. Which as, this one does. Yeah, a little bit. And as long as they don't, like, serve any sort of male purpose, basically. Um, and I've also seen it, like, being praised as a genre that sometimes does service feminism a little bit. I don't think this movie is one of those movies. I mean, given the fact they feel the need to show a real close-up of a 17-year-old's exact, chest. And, and that's right where it loses me, really. Yeah. Is like, I'm like, oh no. And then, <laughs> and then somehow she also magically like dries and styles her hair in like three minutes. So fast. So fast. And she's like, can I go to town and see Paige? And the mom is like, oh, but we were going to have dinner. And John is like, here's $100 in the car keys. Yeah, John's pretty stoked to get her out of here, honestly. <laughs> He's like, here's the car keys. Here's $100. Bye. Yeah, so it's... Which is a lot of money to give to a 17-year-old kid going into town to hang out with her friend. Yeah, I don't, $100? I don't know oh if it's just because they're rich because, like, they own a lake house and he's a surgeon. And he's a surgeon. And so he know. does, it's like that one scene from Arrested Development where she's like, it's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's like that or if yeah. he's just like, your big brother just died. Here's a hundred bucks. Right. Feel better about it. Right. I don't know. Anyways. Yep. We, we, we see that they're going to, like, spend the night together now, John and Emma, and they're going to 
crack a bottle of wine, whatever, and make dinner. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mary goes to hang out with her friend Paige, who works at, like, this store. Yeah, like a... It's like a convenience store, but it's a convenience store in the sense that, like, really small town convenience stores also, where it's also the liquor store and, like, the gas station and the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a catch-all everything yeah. store. The ultimate 7 She works at store. To be fair, <laughs> there's a very specific, like, atmosphere of very small town, like, general stores. It's true. That is not replicated anywhere else in the world. It's true. Captures it well. It's clearly that kind of place. Um, and Marie's hanging out Paige behind the counter. Paige's clearly finishing up her shift. And I think this is where they actually talk about how her brother is dead dead. Because she's, she's like, like, I heard about your brother and I should have called. And then they right, move on immediately. Right, right, right. And they're like, yes, you should have. Bad friend. Yes. Bap, bap. Anyways, and then Justin is, like, lurking. Yeah, and he hood. looks like he's gonna shoplift, maybe, just by the look of him. I'm like, oh, that kid's gonna shoplift. And Paige is like, do you need a basket? Which I couldn't tell was, like, her being actually friendly or him being like, don't rob us, I see you. Like, it's a combination of both. Maybe, yeah. And, like, it's one of those things that, like... Like, I was always told in, like, the grocery store that if I noticed, or because I worked at the bank briefly, that if you were gonna be robbed to, like treat them like extra well with like kindness and try and deter them by being overly friendly and stuff yeah well like i know from when i worked in retail and my my dad works part-time at lowe's because mm-hmm. he's retired four times and then gets bored mm-hmm. but um their big thing is like you can't stop anybody who's yeah. shoplifting but you can absolutely like be aggressively helpful and yeah. be like, "Sir, can I help you?" And, and I, like make it known that th- yeah. that you know and they know the, and you know and they the, know. The idea at the bank was just to make them lose their nerve by being like, "Sure, right away, a hundred percent. Can I help you? What do you need?" Blah blah, and yeah. being like overly nice because then people because then that's kind of like pointing them out and it's like all eyes on you now, buddy. Well, that's kind of like what it is at, at the store. Yeah. Also, it's the. See, we all know that everybody else knows, but none of us are going to say it out loud because yeah. we're all gentlemen here. Totally. So, but anyways, I couldn't tell. That's a bit kind of weird scene to read into. But <laughs> anyways, she calls Justin over, and they're like, "Yeah, well, that be all. Do you need a bag?" And he's like, "Can I also get some cigarettes?" And they're like, "Justin, if I ruled the world, then I could sell you cigarettes because you don't have an ID, and you're clearly a teenager. Because you're clearly a teenager. But I don't rule the world. Somebody get it. I was like, wow." <laughs> And he's like, what if I give you some really good weed? And they're like, deal. Done. And so they, they, Here you go. So they, they put Justin into their car with them yeah. and drive yeah. to the motel. And he's a creepy looking kid. So. Who was maybe just about to shop from them and want cigarettes on, and on, has weed. Yeah. And then they both decide that it is okay for Paige like, to go into the motel room like, with the strange boy they just met I'm for not, the weed. I'm not out here to victim shame. But they don't make responsible choices, realistically. It's a dumb fucking choice. It's not smart. No. Uh, But anyway, 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 they're naive. That's fine. And so they they trust this guy, and they go to the motel. Yes, and and they set up the... They're too far in the middle of nowhere to have a cell phone signal on their great 2009 Yeah. It's like a Nokia phone. It's like, oh no, no signal. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so Marie's going to stay in the car, and Paige is going to go into the motel and this is where we get our first jump scare because clearly some time passes marie's hanging out she checks the radio and then one of the like cleaners smacks on the window for some reason to try and get her attention yeah and is like is this yours and it's like a, it's a room key or something yeah it's like, like a that. room key and she's like no it's not mine and then she gets yes. out of the car and is like Paige has been a bit and goes into the motel and Paige is a terrible friend because 
she just like for the last ten minutes has just been like smoking a joint with the creepy weird boy she yeah. just met at the store. They're just hanging out on the bed. They're like, hey, yo, was gonna come get you, but this is good weed. I don't know. <laughs> it's the premium grade A shit. Yeah. I think is how he refers to it. And then we kind of set up the like. No signal, bed signal thing, because the mom calls, and she's like, yes, I know I was supposed to call, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay with Paige tonight, but, like, they're cutting in and out of the yeah. call, so. Yeah. And so, uh, then Marie's like, I'm going to stay overnight with Paige, okay, bye. And, like, as the signal's cutting out, and so that's what Emma gets, and then Emma's like, okay, I guess our daughter's staying in the town for the night, because it's starting to, like, storm out. And uh, so now we know that the parents are ready to spend the night without their daughter being around. And yes. I think it's at this point that they break out the wine. Yes. Yeah. And then they continue. The girls continue to make poor life choices until in walks Krug and and yeah. his posse. Yeah. And they're they're like they're like in the middle of doing Justin over and a makeover, and they've got him wearing his uncle Francis's shirt, and they've got his hair, and yeah, in walks those three. Krug and Sadie and Francis. And Francis. And Justin is just immediately uncomfortable. And Sadie immediately removes her shirt and is like, hi, everybody. Yeah, and she's not wearing a bra underneath. I know. There are a lot of shots of Sadie's boobs. I know, I was like, ah, sudden boobs. Okay. It's it's a lot. There's too many boobs, frankly. Uh, But it's clear that, like, the, 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 the two girls immediately know something is wrong. Uh, these three other people have been sent to the room are very overbearing. They've started to hang off of them. Um, and then... And then Krug punches Justin. And then Krug punches Justin in the stomach. Yeah. And calls him son, and they're like, this is bad. This, this is very, is very not bad. not a good situation. Uh, and things get kind of worse and worse until Paige is being, like, fondled by Francis, and she ends up, like, pushing him away and running into the bathroom. Yes, and, and there's no signal for her to make a call on her Nokia, and... She's locked the door, and, and she's trying to get it out of the window, Yeah, and but she can't open it. Can't open it. too loud, and, and Francis gets in and knocks her out. Um, and then the movie really accurately demonstrates how difficult it is to actually destroy an old That's true. phone. Because, because he, nowadays you like throw your iPhone down. It's already cracked. You don't got to do shit to it. But he like baseball pitches it at the ground and then has to pick it up and do it again. Just and then like, like has to stomp on it like four times with his heel. It. It's true. Like they were a lot hardier. Yeah. Do you remember back in the day when you could just drop your phone and the battery would fall out? And you're and just like, oh, I'll just pop that yeah, back in totally, and then it was fine. Totally. Now you like drop your phone and it's like, like $200. Reason, like there's a really a reason why the Nokia meme is a thing. Like they were really quite indestructible they old were. phones. Uh, anyways, um, and so their, their girls are kind of bundled out into the car. Yeah, and they break Marie's cell phone as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the movie does a really good job in the scene of them in the car of making us feel zero sympathy for anyone but the girls and Justin, who also is just clearly so uncomfortable. Yeah, he's not into being here. Yes. And then so they're they're driving and discussing what they should do, and both Francis and Sadie are, like, fondling the Yeah, girls. it's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Uh, but also, anyway. everyone in this name, in this name, in this movie, uses names. Yeah. It, like, every third sentence it's true. has it's, a name. It's almost like a Agatha Christie novel, where it's like, we're aware we have ten characters that are all participating in this conversation, so we constantly need to be like, said Mr. Johns, said Mr. Smith, said Mr. Blank. But it's weird It's weird in a movie, because you're familiar with them, and it'll it be is. like, in the car alone, I think he says Mary and Paige, like, four times Well, I thought, I thought that him calling them by their names was an intimidation thing. Like... When you're screaming at people, you can use their name, like, a lot. Like, I, I thought that his overuse of their names specifically was an intimidation thing. 
But but like he in the rest talks... of the movie, they still overuse names. But between like him and them, I find he uses the name a lot, and I thought it was for intimidation. Fair, reasons. but even like he and Frank call each other by name all the time. Name Frank, Francis, they call him Frank. Francis, that's true. And Sadie. That's you're right. They do use they their use names. everybody's names. That's, that's they actually use true. Everybody's you names. Know, that's all actually the time. fair. By the end of the movie, you're like, I know what everyone's name is. Right. I will never forget the name of a character in this movie. No. Um, <laughs> you're right. You're right, I had no problem memorizing every single character in this movie. Normally, I really struggle when it's like, here's a bunch of characters all at once. But Maybe like, one of them's Brenda. But yeah, um, or Rhonda, I don't know. But for this this movie, I will never mistake them. Yes. Um, watch, anyway. watch me fuck that up in, ten, in like five minutes. Countdown is on. Right. Mary and Paige are both really determined to escape, which is nice. Like, yeah. I, I did appreciate that they weren't just like, oh no. No, both of them have a thirst for life. Yeah. Uh, and so Marie, we see Marie kick a cigarette lighter so that it starts charging. Yes. And then a little while later, as they're driving along the highway, they're not sure where to turn to get onto the highway. And Marie's like, go left. And they're like, cool sounds good. And you can clearly see that she's trying to guide them towards her parents' place. Or people of some people. description. Yeah. Because they're talking about the other ways, the highway that goes over yeah. the mountains, which is, you know that that's where you dump bodies. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyways, and then Mary grabs the heated cigarette lighter and... Just slams it into the side of Sadie's head. Yeah. Good Ooh, girl. Burn, burn, burn. And then the, both the girls immediately start trying, it's like struggling, trying to get out. It's everybody in the car is trying to control each other. And then the car goes down a hill and, and hits some trees. Yeah, af- right after, uh, before that, Marie ends up with the door open, shouting at her cabin as she's driving past it. Oh, right. Her parents' cabin. Like, she ends up, like, within view of the cabin, screaming at it, and then they pull her back into the car. Right. And then they go off kind of the ro- the rails and uh, crash in the forest. Yes, and the cinematography in the car crash scene is actually really good, the way it, like, cuts back and forth between each angle of the tree it, it's it going is to pretty, hit next. It is pretty action-oriented, and you also kind of, like, know where the car is relative to space. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, and then they all kind of clamor out one at a time. Yep. Yeah, it's like a yeah, page crawls out, and then she gets up, and she gets hit by Krug, and then... Frank gets out with a clearly broken nose. Yeah, and he's got a bro- badly broken nose, and Sadie gets out and kicks uh, Marie. Yeah, because her face will scar now. Yeah, because she's got this giant-ass burn in the side of her head now. Good, she should. <laughs> she should. Um, yeah. And this whole time, Justin, for from now until the, to the rest of the movie, actually... Justin looks like he is on the verge of tears. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a really good way to demonstrate, like, he's a victim as much as the yeah. girls are. He's also a teenager who doesn't want to be here. But you also sympathize because his dad is clearly fucking insane. Exactly. Yeah, no. And if he stands up to him, he's going to yeah. die. He looks like he's either going to start crying or puke. Yeah, he, like he can't, both. Like, he can't decide if he's going to cry or puke. Uh, yes. But anyways, um, so Sadie jumps on top of Marie and starts to choke her. Uh, and then we see Paige grab a stick, and she stands up, and she hits her in the back with a stick. And, and then, then turns off. around and takes off. Yeah, Paige, Paige tries real hard. She, yeah, she she gives it, man. And she she, she almost gets to there. Live. She almost gets to people. We can, like, see them. Yeah, she falls and she, like, sprains her ankle. And then she limps to, like, a logging site. And there's a lot of really loud noises going on, so her screams are being drowned out. Yes, and then unfortunately, Sadie and Frank catch up with her and drag her back. Yeah. Um, and again, there's a really unnecessary shot of a teenager in a real lacy black bra. Yeah, it's that's the that's where the movie loses all like possibility of being like feminists or just something to say. Not for the male gaze. Yeah, not but like it's 
Anyway, we'll, we'll get into it more in the ratings, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of lingers on her a little bit as they're pulling her away, and then things start to get, like, worse and worse and worse. Yep. Um, Krug stabs Paige. Uh, in the stomach after she calls him pathetic because he's trying to convince... And he's trying to pull Justin on top of Mary, I think, at this point, and he's like, you should have sex with her, like, and trying to, like, pull her pants down and stuff and pull him on top, and Justin's like, nope, 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 and, like, backs up, and then Paige calls him pathetic, and he's like, would you call me, and gets up and stabs her in the stomach. Krug does, not Justin. Krug stabs her in the stomach, but then Francis stabs her in the back, and then Krug stabs her in the stomach again. Yes, and then she's just left to, like, awkwardly die. Yeah, like, bleed out on the ground. And then Krug brings uh, Marie over. And this is where things are going to get, like, way worse. So, like, heads up. We'll, we, we won't go into as much detail on this part as we do. Not normally, no. But, like, um, Krug's, like, holding Marie over and is like, Tell her everything's going to be okay. Tell her everything's going to be fine. Jones. Joan thinks everything's going to be fine. Joan was also distressed by the viewing Yes, <laughs> this um, particular scene. Um, and then leaves her to bleed out, and then he rapes Mary, and then Mary gets up after he's done, and we see that, like, during it, she's grabbed a rock, and she beans Krug over the head with that rock, and then she takes off running. Yes, and then she jumps in the lake mm-hmm. and starts swimming. But anyways, what we just summarized up took about seven minutes. Just yeah. a heads up. It's a long, uncomfortable bit. I was in a blanket for it, and then I had to stop and pet a cat. So. Yeah. So this is the big crux of the film, and like this is the thing that's supposed to make us all hate them all so much. Which we more do. More than it, we already it do. It achieves that yeah. goal. And you do. But like uh, this, this scene really is overly long, quite gratuitous, and you absolutely hate the characters it wants you to hate by the end of it. Yeah, uh, anyways, so uh, Mary is swimming away and they're trying to shoot her, and I liked that her swimming was a strength and not just, like, a random thing at the beginning. That's true, yeah. She she did start, like, swimming quite quickly down the river, a lot faster than your average human being would. Yes. And uh, Krug pulls out his gun and starts shooting at her, and he's missing her, missing her, missing her, and she gets around a corner, and then he, like, puts both of his hands on it and is like, ah, and he shoots her in the shoulder. Yes, and then there's, like, a weird five seconds of trying to make, like, Sadie suddenly sympathetic because it starts to rain but then it looks at Sadie who is like looking out over what she thinks is Mary's body and like you see a single tear yeah. in addition to the rain Yeah. and then she like pulls herself away and it's like I don't know why she's so sympathetic because she's been just as into the murder she, and the rape I, I the whole time. I don't think she was sympathetic at all. But I, anyway. She wasn't either but so I was no. confused the movie was like here's five seconds of whatever this I is. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we're led to believe at this point that Mary is super dead. Yes. Super dead. And so the rest of them hike up a hill and head to the nearest house, which is the titular last house on the left. And Mary's parents' house. Yes. And then it cuts to John, who's of course a surgeon, working on a really good prosthetic of Frank's broken nose. Yeah. Of Francis's broken nose? They call him Frank and Francis. Frank is a nickname for Francis. Okay, okay. You gotta bear with me on no, this. No, 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 no. Well, they, well they're, they're hanging out in their house, and there's a knock at the door, and they open up the door, and there's the four of them. There's uh, Krug and Sadie and Francis and Justin. See, I, like, I won't have a problem with anybody's names. I know. Uh, they're all standing at the door, and they're like, car accident. Oh, no. What you gonna do? And that very much like, my car broke down in front of your house. Can I have help? Kind of way. Yes. And they're like, sure, come on in. And then, yeah, we cut to John helping Francis out with his broken nose. Yeah, he he repositions it mm-hmm. and does some stitching on it. And here was, here was my second point of contention about them using names so much. Okay, yeah. 
When they walk into the motel, Krook holds up a newspaper with his face on it and says, we made the goddamn front page. Krook is a real distinctive name, and they're just waltzing around saying, hey, Krug, That's that true. name that you was on the front page of the newspaper That's actually with true. your picture? It's not a very smart decision, you're right. And they're like, yes, Sadie and Frank, whose names are probably also yeah, they, as my they known all, accomplices. They all use their real names, which, I mean, but to be fair, you kind of, they're not smart criminals. They're criminals, they are not smart criminals. I just want to point out, Krug is a distinct name. Had I'm, aware. Honest, I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware. But they're not smart criminals. Anyways, the generator goes out. And here we have another of those great 2009 touches where real briefly for a few years you had to, you had to distinguish between the cell phone and the landline. Yeah. I have yeah. heard the word landline. People might say a home phone Right, he's like, he's like, can I use your landline? And then while he's trying to call out, the power goes out. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's Krug that asks to, asks to use John and Emma's phone. Yeah. Yes. And then we cut to Mary, who's... Doing her best to stay alive. Yeah, like all the li- as as John goes out and turns on the generator, all the lights start going on around the house, and one of the buoys that's out by their dock lights up, and we see like something floating in the water, and then Mary swims up onto the buoy. And um, she, yeah, she looks like a zombie. She does not look great. Yes, and then Emma in the house is like making everybody coffee. Yeah, makes Justin some hot chalky. And she calls him sweetheart, and that's probably the nicest thing that's happened to Justin in years. To Which be probably honest. makes it worse in his mind because pretty soon after this, when they're all sitting around, um, he he starts to connect the dots. Connect the dots, but then he actually takes his uh, cup into the kitchen, and when he's putting the hot chocolate down on the counter, because he's asked where to put it away so he's like where can i put this cup away and they're like in the kitchen and he goes and he puts it on the counter and then he turns around and he sees the pic- the photograph of mary and he like realizes he's in her parents place and he just has a small breakdown in the kitchen yes uh but before he has his breakdown he puts the necklace no. on the cup no doesn't he doesn't he? do that oh yet. no that's right yeah um yes he has he has his breakdown and scrambles into the bathroom Mm-hmm. And then... And Emma's like, what's wrong, man? And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he goes into the bathroom, and it's like, okay. And then Krug comes and knocks on the door, and he's like, Emma wanted me to make sure you were all right. Also, don't fucking yeah, tell he's anybody, like, you little snitch. He's like, keep your mouth shut. Don't fuck up again. Yes. And and then Justin leaves the bathroom and wraps Mary's necklace Yeah, which, which he picked up during the whole big brutal scene. Yes. Yeah. So this is clearly, at this point, him trying to be like, I'm sorry, or like tip his parents off. Tip them her parents off. Tips them off way. in a way that won't also get him immediately murdered. Totally, yeah. Um, and I, I like through all of this how even though everyone is perfectly nice to Emma, she's clearly got she that knows. bad juju. She knows. The entire, like, the entire movie, the moment that Emma meets these four people, she fucking knows. But like, it's true, sometimes your intuition is like, like you can tell when something's totally, not totally. right. Totally, And John clues in pretty quick as well but even he him is like whatever stay the night blah blah well he just seems to think they're like weird yeah he seems yeah he seems to think they're strange but emma's like something is wrong i know something is wrong i can't put my finger on it yes so they they show everybody off to the guest house yeah emma brings him to the guest house where to stay for the night and francis ends up commenting as she's leaving them in the guest house that he thinks that she likes him in the same way that like men in their 40s leaving the pub think that the 20 year old was flirting with them smiling yeah yeah. Yeah, like it's that again we just don't like them no they're terrible people no anyways and then John is like, well, even if they're weird, we'll just lock the front door and it'll be fine. Yeah, we see Mary crawling across the lawn as Emma is leaving the guest cottage to go to the main cottage. And then, yeah, they're like, we'll lock the back door. And then he goes and he locks the door. No, he doesn't. 
Oh, no. He's distracted. Right, so he doesn't lock the door. You're right. So he doesn't lock the door because he's distracted because there's a banging noise out back. Yes, and so they go, and it's a, it's a rocking chair hitting the wall, but the rocking chair is being rocked by, like, Mary with, like, all the strength remaining yeah. in her finger. And so there ensues, like, probably the best acted series of scenes probably in the whole movie. And with... the best moment to have a surgeon for a dad. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But, like, Emma and John, like, they are broken up trying to keep their daughter alive trying to... I actually thought John did a remarkable job of staying calm while doing well, emergency a, improvised I mean, surgery. I mean, you're a surgeon. You're a surgeon. You gotta you gotta be. But, I mean, to be fair, he was also, like, a couple of glasses of wine in. So the fact that he was able to just... All of that. And be a super, like, a calm surgeon on his daughter. But, anyway. Um, so, yeah. They, they, like, patch her up. And then uh, he sends um, his wife, Emma, into the kitchen for alcohol and rags. And while she's in the kitchen for alcohol and rags, she rises up and sees the necklace. Yes. And, and so realizes she... that Marie left with it, and the kid left it here. And so... Uh, and that's all the confirmation she needs. Uh, so John, she needs no help after that. John finishes saving Mary's life. In the, in the meantime, while he's ma- saving her life, he also realized that she, realizes that she's been raped. Yes. And then Emma comes back and is like, it's the people in our guest house. And then we have a really great, like, ride or die for each other moment and the family's like we're getting out of here we're getting out of here on the boat and we will be prepared for the worst if those people come into our house yeah yeah and so they're, they're going they're clearly ready to flee in the boat um and so they go to the or john goes in to check out the boat but he realizes that the keys aren't there yes and he doesn't know where the keys are and then they start like well maybe the keys are in the main house and they're looking around but then they realize that the keys might be in the guest house yes so emma stays looking in the main house and then in walks frank Mm-hmm. and emma has read his character like a fiddle because she knows he's like the weird 40-year-old men who think the waitresses are flirting with yeah, them. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, John's passed out from drinking whiskey. Upstairs. Wink, wink. Yeah, because he's, like, yeah, he's like, I want a beer. And she's like, how about something stronger than that? How about that whiskey? And he's like, oh, drank, he drank all of that. But they used it for Marie, Yes, and the which whole is why time, it's all gone. The whole time she's trying to keep his attention on her because on the fridge is Mary's picture, and if he looks through... The door has There's Mary, on, Mary the on the table. Yeah. It's pretty stressful. And you know what? It's like perfect because it's clearly somebody doing her best to act under pressure and be like nonchalant under pressure. And then this guy who's totally buying it. And an idiotic narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Works great. Yeah. Um, and then she tells him to go stoke the fire. Yeah. And he does, and he sees Mary on the table, and as he's turning around, she's grabbed a butcher knife, and he stabs no, no, no. himself by running No, 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 it. she breaks a wine bottle over oh, his right. head. Uh, and while he's stumbling around because of the wine bottle, he turns to her, and he's like, what the hell? And he starts stumbling towards her, and she picks up a butcher knife, and he walks into it. Yes. Like, right in the chest, like four inches deep when he pulls it back out, which don't pull a knife out of a stab wound. It's acting as a seal and holding the blood inside you. Yeah. But also... He then continues to, like, participate in life extremely vigorously for, like, five minutes. Yeah, he picks up, or he picks up Emma, slams her into the uh, table, hit, starts hitting her over the head with a knife. After he pulls the knife out of himself, slams her over the head, uh, but then she, like, knees him in the groin. Yes, so he doesn't stab her. 
And then John has great timing in returning. Yeah, and he shows up with the hand, or, or she's crawling away from him after kneeing him in the groin, and then this hand just comes down to her, and he pulls her up, and it's John. And he's got a hammer. And he's got a hammer. Um, and Frank continues to fight very well for a man who just got stabbed directly yeah. in the chest. Damn. And then eventually they get Frank's head into the soapy dishwater. Yeah, and start trying to drown him in the soapy dishwater, which sounds pretty bad. And they're trying to drown him, and then he pulls out the, like, plug, and, and it starts to drain. And you realize that they're trying to, like, drown him before it drains, but it's draining pretty pretty quick. But then... So John <laughs> sticks his arm, Frank's arm, down the carburetor hole and turns it on. And frankly, this is why, like, I see things occasionally about, like, British people who are like, why do your sinks have knives in them? Yeah. Because... I think it's a fear everybody has. Like, you drop something down your carburetor every single time you have to reach down there, you're like, oh, but what if... But what if? <laughs> nope. Nope. But, yeah, so he gets his good. hand garbarated, and he's yep. just screaming and yelling because his hand's been garbarated, uh, and then John comes in and hits him with the back part of the hammer yes. in the head, killing him. Yeah, he, he's so... So dead. So dead. So dead. Um, and then John gets a fire poker and goes to the guest house because maybe the bokeys are there. Because gotta get the keys. And then... They walk into the room, and Justin is looking at the door and points the gun at them. Yeah, and you're like, oh no, oh no. But then Justin flips the gun and offers it to them. Yes, and everybody kind of agrees that Justin also does not want to be here, because again, he's a traumatized child, so... And then they're trying to figure out what to do, and Sadie starts shifting, and in a moment of panic, they shoot Sadie in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they shoot Sadie in the shoulder, and Krug immediately leaps out of bed and kicks the door shut that has Emma on the other side of it. And then throws a whole ass bed. Yeah, like... like A whole bed. <laughs> but he just picks it up and throws it. Well, no, he like, first he throws a desk at John, and then he flips the bed at Emma again when she opens up the door. And then he jumps out the window... While John is shooting at him. And gets one, like, one inch long scrape from leaping <laughs> uh, through a plate glass window and falling two stories. He would have been so much more messed up than oh, he yes. was. But anyways, and then we uh, we turn and Sadie barricades herself in the bathroom behind them. Yes. And again, she's been shot at this point. And again, boobs, because this whole fight scene, she's topless for some yeah. reason and in, like, tiny booty shorts. Yeah. Uh, but we also see Krug start to run back towards the main cabin and we notice that John and Emma aren't worried about that immediately they're not like oh no that's where our daughter is anyways and so that the fight continues to go on and while it's going on crew gets to the house where he sees frank and for some reason like taps the hammer twice yeah. like as if he's checking he's, that he's, it's real he's like are you pranking me oh damn <laughs> right um, and then justin joins the fight in the bathroom and tries to leap on sadie tries and then he gets pushed into the bathtub and then hit in the head of the pole yeah, and then um, uh, Emma, of all people, turns out to be a great marksman and yeah. shoots Sadie right through the eye. Right through the eye. Bam! And, and we had to watch that effect three times before Tom could determine if it was a good effect or a bad effect. Still on the fence. But anyway. So, I, it was a good effect. So she she falls to the ground and we're like, great, just one left. John puts Emma in charge of looking for the boat key in the guest house, her and Justin, and he's going to go back to the main cabin. Yes, um, and he takes the fire poker with him, and there's a really great kind of cat and mouse in which he enters, and he's going slow, he's trying to not make noise, he's looking for Krug, and eventually he says, where are you, come out, Yeah. and Krug starts trying to taunt him, mm -hmm. and John shows remarkable restraint in not giving away his position, no, he he's, does not respond. He's advancing really, really slowly, and I was saying to Vicky, like, you gotta give the parents props, they do kind of go into army mode. 
Yeah, well, like, it's, yeah, like, like ride or die, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so they kind of are, he, he's headed up the stairs and um, crew is continuing to taunt him and John's just kind of inching forward, swinging around hallways to see if he's there and then enters the main room. And I think we go back to the boathouse and we see Emma go up to the boathouse and open up the like tarp on top of the boat and it's revealed that Marie's been squirreled away there. Yes. Uh, Justin comes down to the boathouse and Emma points the gun at him but then is like, oh, it's you, traumatized child. <laughs> yes, What's up? traumatized child. Um, and then Krug and John finally get into it. Yeah, they start fighting because uh, Krug opens up the window pointing to the boathouse after being like, oh, your wife's in the boathouse. And so John comes up to this vacant bedroom and just sees that the window out to the boathouse is open. So he runs over to the window and he's like, no! But then a lightning strike reveals that Krug is hiding behind the door. Yes. And he jumps and Krug, out. Again. Sucker like, punches John. But like, I think Krug might be a gorilla or maybe a superhero because he like bodily picks John up several times. At one point he demolishes an entire like hardwood bookshelf. Yeah. And then he throws Tom, or Tom, throws John directly yeah. through a banister. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of a scary man. But, uh, sort of. Yeah. Sort of a scary uh, man. But he, uh, but he starts, he, he beats up uh, John and ends up throwing him off the second story through a freaking like bookshelf and into the ground. Yeah, it's bad. Brutally. It's bad. Um, and he heads down the stairs and starts beating up John with a fire poker. And he starts taunting John and then he starts to describe John's daughter's rape to him. And while John's lying on the ground, uh, he looks over and he sees the cart, or the boat keys in a vase that have, that's fallen over. And no, in the champagne glass. Right, the, in left. the champagne glass. Right, 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 right. Krug's like, do you want to hear this offensive thing? And John's like, no, I want to hear you beg for your life. And hits him in the side of the head with the whole table. No, it's a table leg. Right, a table John leg. John is a reasonable man who is not throwing That's whole true. pieces of furniture That's around. That's true. Uh, and clocks him upside the head with that and starts to kind of go towards the keys, but then Krug ends up with the fire poker around his neck and starts choking him out. Yes. Um, and then Justin shows up. With the gun to the back of Krug's head. Yes. Making that click-click noise that everybody knows means there's a gun pointing to the back of your head now. Yes. And Krug is like, now son, I'm not mad. Which you know is the biggest lie yeah. that has ever been 100%. told. 100%. And he's like, um, she turns around and he's like, well, you picked a hell of a time to become a man. And Justin's like, I'm going to end this. And then tries to shoot him, but the gun is out of ammo. Yes. And then uh, Krug demonstrates exactly why Justin is afraid of him in trying to stab him to death with the fire poker. Yeah, he starts to impale Justin on the fire poker against the wall. But in this time, luckily... Uh, Emma and Emma, John. Right, I think Emma shows up first, though, and she hits Krug over the head with a fire extinguisher and then blows the fire extinguisher at him, and then John shows up with the fire poker and starts beating him from behind. Yeah, they just kind of take turns. And the two of them just go to town on him. It's like those videos you've seen of, like, the two guys with sledgehammers driving yeah, snakes in. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they go to town on him with it's, Emma striking the final blow, cracking him over the head with the back of the fire extinguisher. It's, it's a good team beatdown. It is a good team beatdown. Uh, and then uh, we cut to the boat. And Emma and John and Mary and Justin. And Justin are, are there, and they're all wrapped up, and they're, they're headed, and there's the beautiful piano music kind of playing as there's flashes of the beautiful ocean property, and then them in the boat, and the beautiful ocean property. And then Thanks. it starts to show up-close skin being cut with a box cutter with the beautiful piano music while he's, like, cutting skin with a box cutter. Yes, and then we learn what uh, John did before they left the house, which yes. was somehow with the box cutter paralyzed Krug from the neck down. Which is like, 
absurd but real badass yeah to be able to do that he's like i didn't have any duct tape or anything to hold you down so i paralyzed you from the neck down with this box cutter and then he moves krug's head into an open microwave yeah and turns it on and And, leaves and krug's head yeah and he leaves uh he doesn't even stick around to see it but as he's walking away krug starts to scream and then his head just explodes which is not how microwaves work but it's satisfying and then the movie ends and that's it that's the movie so that is the Last House on the Left 2009 remake. A doozy of a film it is. I don't know, good or bad. Um, but we're going to talk about that now. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Victoria, how well made was this movie? Probably an 8. Mm-hmm. I thought the effects were really good. Yeah. The lighting's good. The choreography is good. Yeah. I, I think I would give it an 8 as well. The, the choreography, the violence feels all realistic except for crew whipping around furniture like Beds. it ain't no thing. Whole bed. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, besides that like there's some good cinematography and so from like a filmmaking standpoint it's a well-made movie like yeah I, I was never bored fair um so yeah an eight for me as well uh so now on a scale of one to ten how much did you enjoy it enjoy is a strong term mm-hmm. it's weird i didn't actually enjoy like any part of this film mm-hmm. i thought it was well acted i was gratified in some way to see these people die. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt no... I wasn't in any way distressed mm-hmm. that they died. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I enjoyed myself particularly. That seems fair. So, uh, if you had to assign a numerical value to that emotion... I can't! It's not even the right emotion, like, to assign. So, like, a five? Sure. Because that's, like, middle of the road, right? Sure. Can't decide. Maybe a four. Four. Okay. Okay. But, so, like, like, only to the second half after the brutal scene. Yeah, the, it's a little Because that was, like, negative 50. I enjoyed that's, that. Yeah, that's a little bit much, for yeah. sure. Uh, for me, a four actually seems fair to me. I think I agree with you on that. Like, it's a gratuitous movie, and I don't feel the need to probably ever watch it again after this podcast. But, like, did I hate watching it? No. So that's kind of my thing the, the 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 big scene the big controversial scene is over long and i don't like how much it objectifies the rape victim yeah that's not great that's not cool movie don't do that um so don't like that but like i don't know the entire second second part is good yeah yeah so, which i think is the point of rape prevention it movies. is it is um so now on a scale of 10 1 to 10 how scary was it vicky again i don't know that i can decide <laughs> so five well, n- no, because, like, I at times was deeply disturbed, and I at times was distressed. I don't know that I was actually, like... Afraid? Frightened? hmm You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Some tense moments when, like, John's upstairs trying to find Krug. And... Right, but, like, even then, I wasn't, like, afraid. You weren't on the edge of your seat? No. So five? Yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a four. It's horrifying. And some of the violence is real personal. And like, yeah, that's and, uh, like so, an Yeah, so like if you're if you're like twitched out by like real looking kind of violence. Or then, sexual assault. Or sexual assault. Well, 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 I mean, if you're tripped out by sexual assault, then just don't watch the movie. Valid, but. At all. I just felt um, it was worth mentioning again. Right, 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 right. But I'm saying that if like sexual assault isn't going to be enough of like a giant big turnoff for you, because that is the point of the movie again. Um, if you also don't like personal violence, then just don't watch the movie. So, yeah. So, yeah. 
that's kind of it for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be taking a break from the serious kind ofness of this film and getting to something a little bit more ridiculous if I'm... If I'm remembering correctly. Yes, uh, our our next episode we're going to the realm of '90s B horror comedy for uh, uh, Tammy and the T Rex, which is a very real movie. I just heard about it today, and I'm very excited it, to watch. It's, it sounds like it's gonna be great, so I'm kind of happy to be doing that after this. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, anyways, uh, but that was Last House on the Left, made in 2009, remake of Wes Craven film. Uh, and until we come back with that other movie that we're going to be watching, uh, this has been Scaredy Cats. I am Thomas J. Sotvet. And I'm Vicky Sotvet. Thank you. Good night and be cool to each other.